Well, good morning, New Life Church. Great to be with you at New Life North this morning. We're a church of eight congregations all across the Pikes Peak region, calling people to worship, connect, and serve. Yee! It's great to be with you. Uh, Pastor Brady is uh, ministering at a church up in Loveland, Colorado this morning. He sends his love. We're just so grateful for the amazing team. And all of you, I was thinking about when Pastor Brad was talking about the senior care facilities and all the stuff. And this week we got some testimonies from folks who are watching and joining from the correctional facilities. And we just want to say, this is all of you. This is the work of the body of Christ together. So let's give God thanks for all that he get, lets us be part of as a church. It's a wonderful wonderful thing. My name's Glenn Packiam, serve as uh, one of the associate senior pastors here at New Life along with uh, Pastor Daniel Grothy. We're going to continue our series today on the Lord's Prayer. Would you bow your heads with me and begin with the word of prayer this morning? Jesus, Father, we thank you, gracious God, for who you are. We ask, Lord, as we open up the scriptures that you would open up our hearts. Cause us to see you, hear you, believe in you, put our trust in you. Draw us near to you today. Let our hearts come alive, Lord. Breathe on us, breath of God. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Several years ago, I was uh, attending a conference for Alpha. Now, some of you may know this ministry or this uh, program called Alpha. We actually run it here at New Life Church. Alpha is basically a series of meals or dinners and talks or videos followed by these conversations around tables all about faith in Jesus Christ. Week one is, is there more to this life? And week two is, who is Jesus? And as you go along, you kind of get invited into this journey, but you, all of your questions are welcome along the way. And actually, if we've been running Alpha here at New Life for a number of years. Uh, New Life Downtown is doing an Alpha on Tuesday nights. New Life North is doing it on Thursday nights. And it's been great. We're a couple weeks in, and there's been just about 100 people a week at these two different gatherings trying to find out more about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's worth applauding for, that's wonderful. But Alpha began out of a church in London, I think in the 70s, it was started by a pastor or vicar there as they call it, uh, who's named Nikki Gumbel. And so we, a few years ago I was attending this Alpha conference where people had come from all around the world to hear people talk about uh, testimonies about Alpha and all of that. And I was there with a group of pastors from the US and we had some personal meet time with Nikki and he was uh, giving us some advice about how to run Alpha and all of this stuff. And uh, along the way Nikki shared this story of of a friend that he had gotten to know and, and he, he, um, he goes to the gym and plays squash, which, you know, we have racquetball. Uh, Americans, you know, we took like British ideas and we made them better, you know, like, you know, like cricket, you know, baseball, it's much better. Anyway, they're playing squash and Nicky's playing with his buddy and this guy's not a Christian, but he knows that Nicky is a pastor or that he called him Nick the Vic, you know, like vicar. And so one day his friend says to him, he goes, I Nick the Vic. So, you, so how many people go to your church? And he goes, well, you know, it's about 5,000 people. And the guy goes, Jesus. And Nikki goes, yes, that's why they come. <laughs> now often when we hear the name of Jesus out there, out in the world, out in society, usually it's not in a prayerful way, let's say. 
Usually when you hear the Lord's name, even if it's not in a sort of swearing sort of way, it is being taken in vain because the people who are using his name don't reflect his character. This morning as we get into the series, we're going to look at the second phrase of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. And it's kind of a corollary to one of the Ten Commandments. It says don't take the Lord's name in vain. But now we get to the Lord's Prayer and Jesus says we've got to do more than avoid taking his name in vain. We've got to pray that God's name would actually be hallowed. Now the whole heart of this series, the reason we've called this series Praying with Jesus is to put all of us on the same ground here. There are no experts in prayer. We are all novices. We are all followers of Jesus. And one of the beautiful things Jesus does is his disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he doesn't shame them and say, you mean you don't know how to pray? Three years you've been walking with me. He doesn't shame them. Nor does he give them a false confidence. You know, like we sometimes hear in our culture today, like, you're awesome, you got this, you already know how to pray. He doesn't say either of those things. He doesn't shame them, nor does he give them false confidence. He says, okay, I'll give you words. I'll give you a prayer. And so this, the reason we're doing this series after Easter, some of you are watching online, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're tuning in, for all of you in the room, maybe you're coming back to church for the first time in a long time, the Lord's Prayer is one of the most well-known prayers, if not the most well-known prayers in the world. And it's a prayer that helps us remember that as we come to the Father, we're praying with the Son and we're praying by the Spirit. That means there's nothing about this prayer that means you gotta gear up and impress God. Everything about this prayer is done in the company of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So exhale a little bit this morning. This isn't tips to become a professional prayer. This is joining the company of the people of God, entering into the mystery of the life of God, and this prayer is how. But we come to this phrase, hallowed be your name. And Matthew 6, verse 9 says, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does this phrase mean? I mean, it's not an ordinary phrase. We, nobody uses the word hallowed in everyday life. You know, you don't go to a friend's house and like, how you been, man? I've been all right. How about you? Hey, hallowed be you, Bill. You like, you just, nobody talks like that. It's like, what is this word? And so I want us this morning to kind of look at a, a couple different translations and get a sense of what we're praying when we pray this phrase. The Christian Standard Bible says it this way. It says, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your name be honored as holy. The Common English Bible puts it this way. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. That's a cool image. Uphold the holiness of your name. And the question I want us to explore together this morning is what does it mean, what does it mean to pray, hallowed be your name? And I want to suggest three things to you that it means that we're saying when we say this phrase, hallowed be your name. And when you think about the different translations that we've heard, uphold the holiness of your name, or may your name be honored as holy, there's two key pieces of this. One is holiness and the other is his name. Let's look at that first one, the holiness of God. What does it mean to say that God is holy? 
Last week, Pastor Brady said, he taught on both of these phrases together, and he said, on the one hand, we're, we're dealing with a God who is close and tender. He's our Father, Abba, Daddy. On the other hand, when we say, hallowed be your name, we're remembering his greatness and his power and his holiness. And maybe for some of you, you're thinking, how do I reconcile those two things? How do I hold them together? When you look closely at the idea of God's holiness, it actually helps you see the connection. There's a connection. That word holy means set apart, separate from. But if you push that too far, you can kind of get going in your minds like God is almost like some sort of alien creature, like a species that we're like, what is this? Never seen this before. But God is not just a separate kind, different in kind from us. God is the source of everything that is. And that's why his transcendence and his nearness or his imminence are actually connected. Because God's not just so far, so high above. He's actually the source. He's so transcendent that he's the source. And because he's the source, he's right here. If we don't get that in our minds, you'll hear the word holy and you'll think far away. So you'll say, oh God, holy is your name. And in your mind, you'll be thinking, far away are you. Oh, great God, far away in the heavens, so holy, so untouchable, so inaccessible, so unlike us commoners praying. But if you remember that God's holiness is what makes him the very source of all creation, then you recognize you're always close to the source. You're always near to this. Maybe a metaphor, it's not really a, a perfect picture of this, but the, the first thing I want to say is praying hallowed be your name means acknowledging God's place in the world. Acknowledging God's place in the world as the source. And an imperfect metaphor of this might be the Mississippi River and its source. So this is a picture of the Mississippi River, largest river, you know, it's got the widest kind of um, sections of it in the whole of North America. It's, it's one mile shorter than the Missouri, or it'd be the longest river as well. But its source is a lake in Minnesota called Lake Itasca. You probably knew all this. You memorized this, I'm sure. <laughs> What's the, you're a walking Wikipedia, I know. What's the difference between the riverbed and the fountainhead? The riverbed will carry the water to you, but the fountainhead is where the water is from. When we acknowledge God's place in the world, we're saying, God, I'm so grateful for all these good gifts in my life. I'm thankful for family and friends and for a job and for something to do and for our community and our home, and I'm so grateful. But all of those things are the riverbed, not the fountainhead. That's the difference. When we hallow God's name, we're acknowledging his place in the world and we're saying, God, I'm going to remember that you're above all that. You're above all that. And here's the good news, friends. It means that even when the riverbed runs dry, the fountainhead is still alive. Even when the riverbed runs dry, the fountainhead is still flowing with living water. So you might say one day the thing that's carrying the water to me, you're like, oh, Lord, I saw this dry up during COVID. Oh, this kind of went away from me. And God says, I grieve with you. But I also want to remind you, when you pray, hallowed be your name, you're saying, God, this was good, but you're the source. This was a wonderful thing, but you're the one that this came from. Hallowed be your name is acknowledging God's place in the world. Acknowledging God's place in the world. So when we talk about his holiness, 
It's not a way of saying, oh, you're so distant and so clean and pure, you can't touch us peasant sinners. It's a way of saying, God, I'm so glad you're above us because you're the reason we exist. You're the source. And when you think of it that way, you know, the phrase in the Nicene Creed that talks about the Holy Spirit says the Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life. It's an amazing phrase because it's in the present tense. It's not the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the one who gave life. And sometimes we have this sort of impression that God is so holy and he just one time created, one time came down, but then went far away and now we're like, oh God, where are you? Jesus said, it's good that I go because the Spirit will come in you. It's the Spirit who is the giver of life. Every breath you breathe is from God, the giver of life. Every minute you're alive, the transcendent one is the imminent one. The Father in heaven is the holy one. And his holiness means he's the source. Every time we pray this, we are acknowledging God's place in the world. But then... The other word in this phrase, hallowed be your name, what's the deal with his name? What's the name about? Names for us are important. Many of you, maybe you pass on family names and names become significant, names of places. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew culture, names were linked with a person's nature and character. This is why when God called people, he would change their names sometimes and say, this is now who you are. It's also significant in the scriptures, every time people get a glimpse of God and his character, they then give him a name. The first person to do this was Hagar. Hagar, the most unlikely person, by the way, a runaway female Egyptian slave, and God says, I'm gonna provide for you and bless you and speak to you, and she says, you are the Lord who sees. And she's the first one who names God. Every time you have a name of God, you have a glimpse into the nature of God. And then in Exodus, Moses has this moment where he's praying. He's like, God, we don't want to go without you. We need your presence. And God says, okay, okay, I'm going to tuck you behind the cleft of a rock. And I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to pass by and Exodus 34 verse 5 says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. The Lord, Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Listen, friends, this is in the Old Testament. Some of you, maybe you grew up in church, you grew up in environments where you, your impression was Old Testament God, angry God, New Testament God, kind of nice guy, like feeds the hungry and stuff. Listen, there's only and ever been one God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it's humans who haven't seen him closely, but when Moses didn't understand the heart of God, God said, let me reveal myself to you, and the one defining revelation I'm going to give you about myself is I am the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious. That's who I am. Same God who gave you those commandments, the same God who gave you manna from heaven, the same God who led you through the wilderness, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, see, when we pray, hallowed be your name, yes, we are acknowledging God's place in the world, 
But secondly, we are aligning our heart with the truth of who God is. We're aligning our heart with the truth of who God is. When we come to prayer, the biggest hurdles that we have in prayer, if we're honest, is that we're not sure who we're praying to. And the biggest hurdle that we have in the back of our mind, down in our heart is, God, do you really care? Like, are you interested in this? Do, do, do you, are you really listening? And maybe we've kind of gained this impression that God's unofficial name is God the impatient. God the busy. God the judgmental. God the angry. And friends, if, if you think that, it's pretty hard to pray, isn't it? It's pretty hard to pray if you're convinced that he's God the super busy, no time for you. But maybe some of you, you grew up that way. You grew up kind of feeling like your needs were a nuisance to your family or a household. And so you just, you bring that perspective over to God and you're like, oh God, um, if you got time today, could you just maybe help me out with this job interview? Okay, thanks, bye. And you're like, I, I don't know, does he really care? But his name is the gracious and compassionate God. The gracious and compassionate God. That's the God we're praying to. That's the God we're coming to. I remember some years ago, praying for someone who was sick. And you know, when you are in those moments, sometimes you, you try to kind of summon up all the faith that you have, you know? And you're like, oh God, this is, this is the big one. And you're like, oh God. And I felt it myself, you know, just kind of trying to muster up every ounce of faith. And I was like, just a mustard seed, right? That's all I need, right? And in the moment of trying to like figure out what I could pray with tons of faith, and it just kind of struck me like, God, I'm not asking you to be anything than who you already are. And it changed the way I began to pray. And instead of saying, oh God, would you please? Oh God, come on, this is what? It was God, do what you do. Be who you are. And the beautiful thing about praying that way is even if, even if, you don't get your prayers answered the way that you were hoping, your confidence in the character of God can remain. Your confidence in the character. See, this is why I'm convinced that if the, these opening phrases of the Lord's Prayer frame, set the tone for everything else. Our Father, we heard last week from Pastor Brady, that confidence of the kid in the Oval Office, our Father in heaven, and now today, holy is your name. I'm gonna align my heart to the truth of who you are. Your name is the gracious one, the compassionate one, the good one. You cannot begin to ask God for his good gifts if you don't believe that the giver is good. You cannot begin to ask God for his good gifts if you don't believe that the giver is good. And so our view of God has to be framed right in the beginning of this prayer, aligning our heart with the truth of who God is. Hallowed be your name. Your name be magnified. Speaking of magnified, you guys remember these magnifying glasses, like a kid's version? I love this as a kid. I, mean, I could occupy myself for hours with this thing. And you know, at first, you, you kind of think, okay, okay, I'll, I'm just gonna, you know, like look at that ant and look at that bug. And then you look closely and you're like, whew, I don't know if I wanted that close of a look at that ant. And then you discover there's something better than magnifying the ant. <laughs> Burning it is right. 
that is the right answer. And you realize, I can magnify the sun and it will burn the ant. Mom, I'm gonna be a while. I got ants to burn. But look, this is funny, but this is like what we do. We're like running through life and we're like, where's my problem? Oh God, my problem. Oh Lord, oh man, woo, it's a big one. Woo, nasty problem. And God's like, the sun, magnify the sun. Let God deal with the sea in prayer. We can magnify the things we're praying about or we can magnify the God we're praying to. You've got a choice. You can magnify the thing you're praying about. Oh God, my problems. Listen, it's good to name your pain. It's good to be honest. You don't have to hide before God. You can lament, you can put it all out there. But the movement that happens in our heart in prayer is the move from saying, God, this is awful to, to God. You are awesome. That's the move that happens in prayer. Hallowed be your name. I want to magnify you, not the things we're praying about. There will be requests in the Lord's Prayer. We're going to ask for our daily bread. We're going to ask for salvation from the times of testing and tribulation. We're going to ask for forgiveness. But before we do any of that, we're going to say, God, your name be magnified. Let my heart be aligned to the truth of who God is, aligning your heart with the truth of who God is. But there's one more thing that we see in this prayer. The way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message paraphrase is like this. He says, Father in heaven, reveal who you are. That's the phrase, hallowed be your name, and he's, he's trying to sort of parse out the meaning of it and says, when you ask God to hallow his name, you're, you're really saying, God, be yourself. Reveal who you are. Be free. And that's the third thing. It's not just acknowledging God's place in the world and it's not just aligning our heart with the truth of who God is, but praying hallowed be your name means allowing God to reveal himself. God, you come. God, you reveal yourself in this moment, in this place. And I know you've had moments like that. I know you've had situations where you're going through life and all of a sudden you say, God, Help, God have your way, or God come, or Holy Spirit come. And all of a sudden your perspective changes, you begin to sense something different, see it differently. God begins to reveal himself. But there are also certain places that make us think of that, make us aware of the sacred and a sense of awe. One of my favorite places in the world is Durham Cathedral, and here's a picture of it from the outside that I took a few years ago. And that's just part of it. It's this massive Norman cathedral. It's built in 1093, I think they started, completed later. And it's after, you know, William the Conqueror came. And so Norman architecture began to be introduced in Britain. And the inside of it, you can see this sort of braided stone. It was one of the first times they used this ribs in the architecture above and the braided pillars. It's just... It's a stunning architecture. And for years, I would go over between 2013, 2018, while I was doing my doctorate over there, and I would go, and we'd have our classes or seminars, and we're presenting papers and doing all of this stuff, and it gets all kind of you know, stuffy after a while. But I was always grateful, because of the way Durham is set up, it, I was always grateful that they, they started our first seminar late enough that we could attend morning prayer first. And so if I wasn't jet lagging too bad, 
I drag myself out of bed and get there at 8 or 8.30 and listen and pray the Psalms with them. And often we would end early enough that if we didn't have dinner or something, other plans, I'd be able to sneak away and go to Evensong and sit with the choir and listen to the choir sing around me. And my graduation in 2018, one of the great joys was having our, my family with me at Evensong the night before graduation, which, by the way, graduation was in the cathedral, if you can imagine that. And sitting in there listening to the choir. But last year, a little over a year ago, right before COVID, my son and I went on a trip to England. I went back uh, to teach uh, a grad course there. And uh, remember travel pre-COVID? Yeah. Oh, travel. Sorry. Just, you're lost now. Um, <laughs> and we, we, had, we had finished kind of a busy day. We'd only had a couple days in Durham. And I said, Jonas, we need to go... We need to just go try to make it to morning prayer. He's like, sure, Dad, let's go. And so we got there a little bit late. We couldn't sit up in the front, but we sat on one of the pews. And the friend that I was with, my friend Nick Drake, took a picture without us realizing it of the two of us just sitting there on the pew, just staring ahead. There's a moment of awe. There's a moment of wonder. You suddenly become aware that for a thousand years or more, people have been praying and singing. But you know something you realize is, hallowed be your name is not a declaration of something we're gonna do. It's a prayer for God to do something. Human beings have gone through great lengths to build cathedrals and build holy places and say, God, we're hallowing your name. And all of that is wonderful. I love the arts and architecture and beauty. It's so great. It's all a wonderful way of saying, God, we're trying to remember the sacred and remember the holy. Wonderful. But I also want you to know that at the end of the day, it's not we who hallow God's name, but God who hallows his own name. It's God who makes ordinary places into sacred spaces. It's God who takes every moment of our day and says, as long as you welcome me into this, I'll make it holy. I'll make it sacred. The world, as we said early on, turns what is holy into something profane. But God makes the mundane into something holy. God takes what is mundane and makes it holy. This means, friends, you don't need, it doesn't take a cathedral to hallow God's name. It just takes a Christian. It just takes a Christian who'll pray, Lord, in this moment, I'm standing in line here at King Super. I'm driving in the carpool line. I'm stuck in traffic on I-25 again. I'm waiting for soccer practice or dance rehearsal. And, and we get so distracted. I get so distracted on my phone and emails and everything else. But if you just take two minutes and just say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your car can become a sanctuary. That waiting place can become a holy place. Every moment can become holy. And so this morning as we get ready to respond to the Lord, I want to invite you to stand. And I want to invite you to begin to reflect on the way that your life can pray this prayer. And the way that you can begin to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit. As the worship team comes and begins to play. Maybe for you, for some of you, it's a matter of acknowledging God's place in the world. 
there have been some places where you've said, I don't know, I just, I'm looking to this, I'm looking to this, I'm looking to this. And hallowed be your name for you means looking up and saying, God, you're the source. Others of you, praying hallowed be your name means aligning your heart with the reality of who God is. And somewhere along the way, you've gone off. Somewhere along the way, you've wandered astray and just sort of, you know, you're like, well, I I don't know. I I don't know what God thinks. I don't know what God, you know. Today is a day where God's calling you back. All of you here in the room, watching online, the Father is calling you back, saying, no, 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 no. Align your heart with the truth of who I am. Don't magnify all that's gone wrong. Don't magnify all of the problems and situations. Magnify the Lord. Align your heart. And for all of us in the room, the invitation is when you wake up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you don't have to say, oh, well, case of the Mondays. You can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And you can look at one another and not just see Susie or Jack or whatever, but you can say, no, these are holy saints of God. And you begin to see differently. It's God who makes the mundane holy. It's God who can hallow his name in the most unexpected places. You look at your calendar, you say, I got these appointments and these, these uh, you know, things to do and errands to run. You say, okay, 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 this is the time. But for 60 seconds, let me just say, God, would you make your name holy in the midst of what I have going on today? Would you make your name holy in the midst of all this? Friends, this is how we can practice that. So why don't right now, all across the room, if you'd open up your hands, John's been doing an amazing job leading us this morning. The whole team, our worship culture here at New Life, repeatedly reminds us the reason we gather as the church, the reason, by the way, the reason we have women's nights out and men's nights out there is not just to fill up your calendar with stuff, but it's to help you recalibrate your heart toward God. It's to help you hallow his name and to say, oh yeah, whoa, 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 I've got enough, but I need to acknowledge his place in the world. I need to align my heart with who he is and I need to allow him to reveal himself. And our whole worship culture here at New Life is repeatedly about that. It's repeatedly about magnifying Jesus, making much of who he is, speaking the truth of his character in the midst of every situation. So even here right now, would you just say this phrase with me, hallowed be your name, and let's just say it together. Hallowed be your name. Let's say it again, nice and slowly. Hallowed be your name. One more time, emphasizing each word. Hallowed be your name. Come, as we worship this morning, we welcome you. Reveal yourself. Be who you are.
Shit. 
Yes. If you have your communion elements, if you would, just begin to open them and prepare them, get them ready. The Lord's table is one of the moments we can count on as a place where God will hallow his name, where God will let his holiness be proclaimed. Because it's here that we remember this is what love looks like, the God who gave his body and blood for us. This is how we know that it's not wishful thinking when we say, I think God is compassionate and gracious. It's not just that the Bible tells me so, it's that Jesus lived it so. His death and resurrection. We hold in our hands these feeble reminders. In a way, it's kind of good that our COVID communion is so lousy, you know? What is this? It's not even a wafer. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? Should I not? I mean, <laughs> juice barely quench your thirst. It's good, though. It's perfect. You know why it's perfect? Because that's how we feel sometimes when we come to God. We're like, I don't know. I'm just kind of not even there. Not enough. And God says, exactly, but I am enough. I am enough. This is the moment where we offer him all that we have, the scraps that we have, and he says, and I'll give you my whole self, my whole life, my life for your life. The Lord's table is where he hallows his name and makes the mundane holy and sacred. So friends, remember with me, on the night that our Lord Jesus was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to the Father, he blessed the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now hold on to it for a second. And after supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks to the Father, he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for me and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this for the remembrance of me. And so friends, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. These are the gifts of God given for us, the people of God. Receive them now. The only response to grace like this, the only response to love like this is to worship, to adore, to stand in awe. The Lord's Prayer is kind of like training wheels. It gives you some words to get you going, but then you can carry it on your own. Take it over now with your own words, with your own songs, with your own prayers. Just begin to glorify, to magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Holy.
That's our prayer in this place. That's our prayer as we are sent from this place. Hallow your name through our lives, through every moment. Give us the grace, Lord, to acknowledge your place, align with the truth, and allow you to reveal yourself. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's thank God, church. Yes. Nothing like it. Hey, a few reminders for you this morning. Section community is back, and so there's some section parties today. Section 12 in the activity center, section two in room 161. Look, if you're here, you're like, I don't know, what, what is this, some secret party, whatever. No, if you happen to be sitting in one of those sections, it's your party day. So we'll have coffee and donuts. Come and join us. It's just a way for us to help you get to know the people that you're worshiping with a week in, week out. Also, if you're new or newish to New Life Church, out in the lobby is Connect Central. Listen, this has been a disconnecting season for so many of us. We'd love to help you find your place of belonging here at New Life Church. Finally, altar ministry team is going to be down in the front if you uh, need prayer. We not only need to pray these prayers, but we need someone to pray with us oftentimes. So join us in, the, in that prayer. Hey, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together before we leave from this place. We're going to have it up on the screens. And let's pray this together as our benediction as we leave from this place. Say it strong. Here we go. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's thank him together. God bless you, New Life Church. See you next week.